welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And you know, that doesn't really bother me one way or another, but it's there and it's evident that, you know, I have this mark, I, you know, this was on my face when I was born, but there's a birthmark for believers and the birthmark is that you're going to, you're going to love God and you're going to love the other Christians. If you're not loving the other Christians, you're not loving God, then you're really not born of God. You, you, don't, you're not, you don't have the right birthmarks. People look at you and say, well, you don't have birthmarks. You're, you can't be a Christian. You know, John has been telling us that. John has been kind of very bold with us and saying, if you don't love God and you don't love the, the, the children of God, then you're not a believer. And there could be someone here today, you're just a make-believer. You're not a real believer, you're a make-believer, and you, you might have said a prayer, but you're not truly marked by God because you're not marked with love. But back to the beginning of this, it said, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Uh, the Greek word is, is Christos. It means the anointed one. It speaks of the Messiah. You have to. That's another birthmark. You have to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? I do. He's the spoken one. He's the one that the, the Bible in the Old Testament speaks about. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the one that, come, that came into the world to save us of our sins. So we need to believe this. So we're not going to spend too much time on this verse because we've talked a lot about this. But the next verse, verse 2, it says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. So he's repeating this. He's going over this again. But then he adds something here. We, when we love God and we keep his commandments, obedience. As believers, we're called to be obedient to the word of God. We're to trust by faith that the word of God is the word of God. This is his word, and we're to apply it by faith, and there should be a change that takes place in our life. Listen, if, if, if we don't apply the word of God, if we're disobedient, constantly disobedient to the word of God, then we... We can't say that we're true believers. If we're constantly disobeying, we're constantly, let's say, we're, there's constant drunkenness in our life, there's constant fornication in our life, there's constant, you know, lying in our lives, and all these things, and it's a constant thing that's in your life. Well, John is saying that uh, by this we know that, the, the love, that, we, that we love the children of God and that we love God when we keep his commandments. So if that's not taking place, we really don't love God if we're not keeping his commandments. And if you have children, you know that there, there has to be rules. There has to be, you know, guidelines because you love them. Rules like, you know, don't touch the stove. Hot, hot, right? Don't touch. Don't put your finger in the light socket, you know. No, don't do that. Don't play with sharp knives. Don't, no, stop, right? Why? Because we love our children. We, we tell them not to do these things. I remember when we had this build-out, take place and we had volunteers we'd have work parties and we'd have I don't know 50 to 80 people would come and there's some I'm looking at right now and that they were part of the work party we'd come and we do our you know we'd tear stuff down we'd rip things we had demolition time we'd there was actually tile in here and stuff we'd there was a kitchen I think back in this area so we had to take the the tile out we had to do all this kind of crazy stuff well the inspector came and he's he's ready to shut everything down he kind of red tagged the building he said you know all your workers need to have uh, hard hats and work boots 
And I was thinking, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, we've got how we, we're going to buy 80 hard hats and we're going to buy everyone work. But that's a lot of money. And I was complaining and you know, we shouldn't have to do this. And I, I hope they're not being, you know, dis, being discriminatory towards us because we're the church. And I was just all upset. And I was like, well, there's nothing we can do. The contractor we had said, hey, nothing we can do. You can't go in. No one can go in the building unless they have a hard hat and work boots on. And so, okay, so we went out, we bought hard hats for everybody. We told everyone, you have to wear work boots. You can't go inside the building. So everyone had to get their work boots, right? Well, listen to this. The first morning after that, we had big pipes. I mean, we're talking, I don't know, like three-inch, four-inch pipes, you know, big, heavy, galvanized pipes. So we had to carry them out to the dumpster. We had a big, huge dumpster. So I grabbed one of these pipes, like 12 foot, and I put it over my shoulder. Well, it hit the guy, one of the volunteers, in the head. And it bounced off his hard hat. And he started laughing, you know, he's like, oh, it boofed and it bounced off, you know. And then I started walking, I'm thinking, wow, good thing we have hard hats. <laughs> it could have crushed his skull at minimum. But believe me, he wouldn't have been laughing if he didn't have his hard hat on. He could have died. And instantly when that happened, I thought, wow, there's rules and regulations for a reason. And for the most part, they're there to protect us. God's word is there to help us, as not to hurt us. And he desires that we have obedience. We keep his commandments. We apply his commandments, and they're good for us. Psalm 19, it talks about the law of the Lord. And look at what it says about the law of the Lord. Psalm 1911, it says, Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them there is great reward. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned by these commandments, these laws, and in keeping them, there's great reward. And I believe that's a good thing for us to realize that, that the word of God is good for us, and we're, we, we were to keep these things, we're to apply these things, because that's what God has called us to do. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We, we don't know where we're going in this dark world unless we have the illumination of God's word in front of us. We're obedient. We apply these truths. Look at the next verse in our text, though, please. The next verse, verse 3. It goes on to say, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, as we just talked about. But look at this. And his commandments are not, can we say that together? Burdensome. When we have a true love for God and a relationship with him, his word, his commandments, it's not a burden to us. Because, listen, he is, God is far greater than anything we need or that anything that we turn from. He's greater than those things. Anything that we feel that's good for us and God says it's not good for us, when we have a relationship with him, we realize, well, God only takes things away from us when they're not good for us. He's greater. When you're a child, hopefully your parents, when you're a young child, hopefully they instructed you to, you know, brush your teeth, take a bath, blow your nose, all those kind of things. But then when you grew up and then you were, you know, starting maybe to date or falling in love with someone else, uh, I, I guarantee you no one told you you have to take a bath, you have to brush your teeth, you need to blow your nose. Why? For love's sake. For love's sake, you do those things because you care about others. The word burden, if you're a note taker, it means heavy or weighty. When you love the Lord, his commandments, his words, not weighty. It doesn't weigh you down. It's like, oh, no, we got to worship the Lord. God says, commands us, rejoice in the Lord. Okay, let's rejoice. 
I mean, if that's you today, that means there's something wrong with you spiritually because his commandments, his words, it's not weighty. If, that, if that's how you feel, oh, no, this is weighty. No, 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 no. You're, you don't have a loving relationship with the loving Father. I love worshiping the Lord. I truly do. I love worshiping and singing to my king. Yeah, I never had that before. Did you? I used to go to church before I was a Christian, and I'd look at the words, like, da, 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 and I would read them, blah, blah, just sing, and it's like, oh, did I do my taxes already? No. What's for breakfast? Oh, yeah, almighty God. Yeah, says, what's, you know, what are we going to do later? Today? I, I never even, never, the worship and singing didn't mean nothing to me until I stepped into a loving relationship with God. It's not burdensome. I, I love worshiping God. And his commandments are not burdensome. Yeah, when we, when we, you know, sometimes, you know, we have a busy schedule and sometimes it's, you know, the, these things can be a little difficult, but, but it shouldn't be a weight on us. Remember the story about the little girl that was carrying a big, heavy baby and the concerned woman said to the girl, isn't that baby too heavy for you, little girl? And she replied, he's not heavy. He's my brother. Oh, what love can do. Went to the Harvest Crusade Friday night. It was so awesome. Awesome to see all the people just responding to the gospel and the word of God going out. And as uh, Dave Westerland mentioned, as he did the announcements, we, we handed out like 10,000 invites for the labor of love. 10,000, that's a lot of invites. We've got 20,000 to pass out, so we were just trying to get out as many as we could. And so we, we, you know, we were handing them out like crazy. But listen to this. One of these is a little girl. She was probably about 12 years old or so, 11 or 12 years old. She just got saved. She prayed to receive Christ, right? And then so we gave her one of the invites to labor of love. She goes, no way. It's a free concert. I could go to a free concert. Her dad's there. She goes, Dad, can I pass these out with these guys? And literally, she's passing them out like crazy. She's like giving them out like this. And she like had an anointing on it. I mean, everybody was taking them. Nobody, I mean, like Dave said, some people were like, you know, we were trying to give people, they're like this. I go, I'm like, we're, it's free. I'm not trying to sell anything, you know? So, but her, she was just like, hey, Newsboys concert, Newsboys. And everybody, she's like, shh, shh, giving them out like crazy. Her brother got saved too. Her brother was probably about 15 or 16. And so he was there. He put a sign. This is kind of crazy. He put a sign because it was free concert. He got this notion in his head. He put free hugs and he put it on his chest. Really, he put a piece of paper, free hugs. And people were like, the kids were like, younger kids were hugging him. Hey, bro, how's it going? Yeah, I just got saved. Yeah, cool, man. (laughs) She wasn't saved more than 30 minutes. And she realized God's ways are not burdensome. I'm a servant of the Lord. I, I want to serve God. How can I serve the Lord? I mean, 30 minutes. Her dad, was, her dad was taking from his phone. He was taking video. He says, guys, you don't understand. These are not my kids. These kids are changed. God touched these kids. God's ways aren't burdensome. I'd say if God's ways are burdensome to you, you should check your heart and ask the Lord to change your heart. We used to have a mailman that used to deliver our mail at our house, and he loved his job. He knew probably all the neighbors. Everybody knew him. He was there for, I don't know how many years, many years in our neighborhood. And, and it was easy to like this guy. He just loved what he did. He was, just, he was the mailman. And he was just like, was like, I am the mailman. I love my job. And he would go to work. And he just had a spring in his step, you know. And he's all excited. Listen to this. He loved his job so much. I was on my walk. And when I was walking, I ran into him. And he saw me walking. He says, can you take a picture of me? He says, I'm retiring today. This is my last piece of mail. Can I get a picture of me putting this in? Can you take a picture so I can put it on social media? My last piece of mail. 
And I said, yeah, this is so awesome. We're taking a picture, and I'm hugging him, and he's got all these gifts. People are giving him gifts. You know, he's got all these gifts from everybody. And I said, oh, I didn't give you something. I forgot what I gave him. I gave him something, though. But, but it's just like he loved what he did, and you can tell. Last Yesterday, my wife and I were walking, and we have a new mail lady. Can I tell you this? She hates her job. I mean, I don't know what else. I can try to sugarcoat it, but I'll just put it the way it is. She doesn't like her job. She hates it. Matter of fact, we're walking yesterday. We're on a walk, and we said, oh, how you doing? How you, you know, how's your day going? She goes, oh, I'm going to get off work in about an hour. I can't wait to get home. I was like, I'm like, what a difference. You know, her job is a burden. Why? Because she doesn't love her job. Please don't tell her that I told you this, okay? <laughs> but it's, it's real. She doesn't like what she does. And it's a burden. You can tell. Matter of fact, she told me when she first came on, she says her supervisor's been following her around because she's so slow and everything, and she's like, I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. And she's like, but it's just like, you know, she needs to, to love what she does. Are God's commandments burdensome to you? Are his ways burdensome to you? Do we love the Lord? Do we love the people of God? Do we love the ways of the Lord? Do you know David in Psalm 40 says, I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. David said, I love to do your will. I, I delight myself in the things of you, God. He also said in Psalm 143, 10, he says, teach me to do your will. I love your will, but teach me to do your will. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing it your way, God. Is that our heart today? Then he goes on to say, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. In other words, lead me in the right way, God. Teach me to do your will. I want to do it your way, God. Not my way. My wife served at Calvary Costa Mesa 20 years on the switchboard. Anyone that called Calvary during those, those years, you know that she loved what she did. Calvary Chapel, can you hold? Calvary Chapel, can you hold? Calvary Chapel, can you hold? Hello, Calvary Chapel. You know, at that time, they were receiving two to 300 calls per hour. I would be stressed out after 30 minutes. I'd be, Calvary Chapel, hold. Please hold. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, hold. And she would carry on conversations, and then she'd pick up. I mean, I'd have to watch her. She would have, like, I don't know, maybe 10 conversations. Go. She'd, Calvary Chapel, hold. Calvary Chapel, hold. Calvary Chapel, hold. Calvary Chapel, hold. Oh, hi, yeah. Oh, yeah, Francis. Oh, yeah, hold on just one second. She'd call the next person. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's at such and such time. And she would just, and then she would know how to remember. But God has gifted her in that, and she loved what she was doing. I think of Brenda Garcia and... She's our administrator here and how she's so organized and she puts everything together and she's, you know, she, she's here every day. She laughs. I, I don't think there's a day that goes by she's not laughing while she's working. And she'll, someone will call her on the phone. She's laughing in the other room. She's cracking up. I can hear I'm actually in the office way over there in the high school and I can hear her laughing way over here. And I start laughing. I don't even know what I'm laughing about. Why? Because she loves what she's doing. Believe me, if I had to organize like the labor of love, I would be pulling my hair out. Why? Because that's not what God has called me to do. Can I tell you, I love teaching the word of God. I love being a pastor teacher. I love what I do. I heard someone once say, find out what you love to do most and make that your occupation. And I heard that actually when I was in the corporate world and I was a youth pastor part-time and I thought, Lord, I would love Love, love to teach the word of God and be a pastor full time. He heard the prayer. What do you love to do? What's God's will for your life? 
His burdens, his commandments aren't burdensome. His will's not burdensome. As David said, I love to do thy will, O Lord. I delight to do your will. Another great verse that goes with this before we go on. Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, Jesus said, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does that describe your life? Are you resting in Christ? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn from me, excuse me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Listen, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is, can we say it together? Light. Come to me, all you who labor. If that's you today, if you are laboring hard and you're weighed down and you're burdened today, Jesus is saying to you today, come unto me, all you who labor, all you who are heavy laden, come and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yoke yourself with me. The yoke, obviously, I hope most of you know this, but the yoke would be like an ox and they would take this wood yoke and they would yoke it over the two ox so they can pull together to make the burden lighter so it's not just one ox. And Jesus is saying, I want you to yoke with me. In other words, he's saying, I want to pull the weight. You know, when I was in the corporate world, for the most part, I was miserable because that's not what God called me to do. And I was going to stay miserable because the Lord did not want me to do what I was doing. He wanted me to be in ministry. And that doesn't mean everybody's to be in full-time ministry. But can I say this? Every one of you as as a Christian, you have a ministry no matter where you're at. And God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when we're cheerfully giving unto him, when we're cheerfully serving him. God loves a cheerful giver. And when we're burdened down by the, the weight of life, God wants to take that off of you, and he wants you to yoke yourself with him. And he's saying maybe to you today, come to me. You're laboring way too hard. You're trying to make things work, and it's not working for you because it's not me. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm gentle. I'm lowly of heart. You will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. It's not burdensome. It's light. God's commandments are not burdensome. And God doesn't want us to be under the burden of his commandments. He wants us to have a loving relationship. And when you have a loving relationship, even a so-called heavy load is lightened because it's him that's carrying the heavy load when you yoke yourself with him. Amen? Let's look at the last two verses. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Our faith in Jesus Christ gives us victory. We have victory over temptation. We have victory over the traps of this world. We have victory over the enemies of our soul. God wants us to have victory. How do we receive victory? Well, what does it say? He, we, we overcome by what? Our faith. It's not a, a, an empty faith. Uh, our faith is, and it explains to us in the next verse, it's a faith in believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Our, our faith in Jesus Christ gives us victory. He who has the Son has life. 
know, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are seated in, in heavenly places with Christ. Did you ever ponder that before? We're, we are seated. It's present tense. We're seated in the heavenlies with Christ. What did you think when you first read that verse? I'll tell you what I thought. I'm thinking, I thought, what, wait, did I read this wrong? We, we are seated in the heavenlies. We're, we're seated in heavenly places. We're, we're presently seated. Yeah, positionally in Christ. This is our position in Christ. We have a position as believers in Jesus Christ. We're seated in the heavenlies, positionally. And having a seat in the heavenlies gives us authority over the demonic realm. See, he's seated above the powers and principalities. They're, they're, they're down below him because Jesus Christ has all authority given to him. And he's saying, we have that same place. We have that same position. You and I as believers are seated in the heavenlies. When you're going through spiritual battles, can I remind you your position in Christ? You're, you're seated in the heavenlies. When the enemy starts coming in to attack, when, the, when you think that the warfare is just too difficult and too, too much for you and it's too overwhelming, can I remind you, we're seated in the heavenlies. We're above the powers and principalities. And I believe sometimes what we can do as believers, we, we kind of bring ourselves down from that place. It's, oh, woe is me, and Jesus' life is just so tough, and there's so, so much of a burden, and so, it's so difficult. And yeah, tough, life can be tough. Jesus even said, in this world you will have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And as we just read, we can overcome the world. How can we overcome the world? By our faith and believing and trusting the fact that we too are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Are you having victory? Are we having victory? I read a story about a soldier in the army of Alexander the Great, and he wasn't acting very brave in the battle. He was staying behind. He was cowardly when he was supposed to be pressing forward and going ahead. And the great general noticed, so he went up to the soldier. He said, soldier, what is your name? And the soldier replied, he says, my name's Alexander. The general, the story goes, he looked straight into his eyes and he said to him firmly, soldier, get in that battle or change your name. We're Christians. We're Christ-like. We are Christians. We're named after Christ who's seated in the heavenlies far above the powers and principalities. That's our position. Paul the Apostle, Ephesians 6, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Do you realize the power of your faith? It says above all. Did you notice that? Speaking of our armor that we have in Christ, above all, it says take up that shield of faith. Why? Because it'll quench the fiery darts. Did you notice quench? Did you notice all the fiery darts of the wicked one? All the fiery darts of the wicked one will be quenched by your simple Trust in God. Faith. In other words, the fiery darts comes. What if this happens? And how about that? And what if this is going to go? Or my life is just so terrible. That I just, and then you just let, no, you just put up the shield of faith and just say, no, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to trust the word of God. I'm going to apply the word of God. I'm going to believe the word of God. And all those fiery darts are taken away. Are we men and women of faith? Are we walking by faith? There's such power in faith. I just want to encourage you as we close, let's walk by faith. Let's trust the faithfulness of God and apply these wonderful truths. I think it was Charles Spurgeon 
He said, a little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. I don't want to be a man of little faith. I want to be a man of great faith, trusting my God, trusting his word, and trusting his faithfulness. Amen? So let's be those men and women of faith. Let's apply his word, and let's watch God work. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.